Okay, folks, uh, today is July 26, 2018. You might be wondering, you just heard episode 103, but hey, we're going to do 104 today because I can do that. And so, uh, just want to say that Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubuzu Network. You can find out more on Hubuzu.com. And why are we doing this? We're doing this because I'm getting a chance to talk with uh, a Mr. Dennis Donahue from the South Shore area in Massachusetts. And he has done some very cool things with uh, the Wall That Heals uh, Memorial. Had some stuff going on he did uh, yesterday, July 25th. And he's going to talk about that and his service and stuff like that. Mr. Donahue, sir, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. No problem, no problem. This this kind of came up, um, you know, it is what it is. It came up, and, and my, my producer, Keith Hayes, had some ideas, and we're going to make this work. And, and then I started reading about this, and I want to find out more. But but first, um, would you mind telling the, our audience and me about your military service? Uh, I served in the United States Army for uh, 22 years. Uh, I served in Iraq from 2003 to 2005. I joined right out of high school when I was uh, 18 and retired in 2005. So you've been out for a, well, a little while now. Um, yes. What got you into uh, this, this monument? And to explain to people what it is, this is, this is like a, a moving tribute of the Vietnam War Memorial, right? Yes, that is true. It is a uh, miniature replica of the actual uh, wall that's in D.C. Oh, wow. Um, basically, yeah, basically it's, uh, it's a volunteer operation. Uh, this isn't funded by anybody but uh, dedicated uh, civilians and military people from that era. And what they do is they travel around the country and set up the uh, the healing wall so that uh, people that can't get to D.C. could, uh, you know, walk the wall and see the 53,000 names um, of the fallen comrades from Vietnam. Do you, so you didn't serve during the Vietnam War, neither did I. Why do you think, and this might sound like a, a, a duh question, but why do you think it's important to, that people see this, this replica and, and what it represents? Um, on a personal uh, level, in, when I joined in 1984, I was privileged to be trained by a uh, Vietnam era leaders and uh they had a big impact on my military career um as far as leadership skills and devotion um but the reason for the wall is it's uh remembrance um I'm sure a lot of your listeners would know that served in that area era or grew up in that era Vietnam soldiers weren't kind of welcomed home as good as we were from Iraq. And uh, they went through some very tough times. So by going to this wall, it's a way of honoring them for the mistakes that the government and some of the people that made when they came home from their uh, war. 
in Vietnam. So I'm well aware of that, read that, and just out of curiosity, what was your transition like after you served that long? Right out of high school, so you were in there for a lot of years. What was it like getting out of the Army for you? Lost. Uh, it's the only thing I've done for a very long period of time. And, you know, you build these brotherhoods and everything. And it's uh, kind of like uh, moving away from home for the first time. You know, you're leaving your brothers and sisters behind. And you uh, very you have a very hard time adapting back to this type of lifestyle where, your lifestyle for the past 20 something years was always, I guess, uh, what's the word? Uh, well, it was very organized and, uh, and regimented. And, and... Yes, um, exactly. And, you know, the transition back to this society, as far as this goes, it's, it's very hard because you had structured and, you know, you had determination. And uh, now you come out into the real world and it, some people are intimidated by that. You know, uh, they think you want to take charge and which that's what we're in nature to do in the military is to take charge of situations. And some people feel threatened by that in this civilian style life. <clears throat> so it's very hard. I had a very hard time adapting to it. And uh, like I said, I was lost. You know, I, I didn't know what to do with my life after I retired from the military. It was very weird. So how did you start getting, you know, through the through the woods and on, on the right path, so to speak? Um, through uh, friendships and the VA uh, helped me uh, transition back to this lifestyle from coming back from Iraq. Um, I do have the uh, PTSD and stuff because I did do combat recovery in Iraq. So I've seen a lot of things. But uh, the VA helped me out a lot. And a good friend of mine who belonged to the 22 Kill uh, program really got me involved with a lot of this um <clears throat> uh, who do you want well, to call I, it? I talked uh, to uh, who did I talk to? I talked to oh yeah, I talked to uh, Gunny Katz from twenty two kill. He's he's gonna be in an upcoming mm-hmm. episode and man that that was just a I felt like I was back in the Marine Corps to be honest with you, Mr. Donahue. But uh <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, a lot of them are a lot of them are Marines that uh, uh, at least a portion of the 22 that I have met have been Marines. Well, that means the old, old habits die hard, and I'm like, oh man, I feel like I'm back in this formation getting talked to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, it was uh, it was enlightening, but um, no, it's just it's always interesting to hear someone's story because everyone's story is different, but everyone's story is the same. You know, in some ways, my story was the same. I got I got out of the military, and, and it was a very different. I wasn't in for twenty two years, but I had a lot of other variables around that, and so it was very very different. 
And, and did you get involved with this this uh, wall that heals because of, of things like 22 Kill and the VA helping you out? Is, is that how this all got going? Um, not really. It, it helped along the way as far as finding ways to help veterans. Um, it it's almost like an outreach program. Uh, I also got involved through the, uh, vet centers. Uh, a good friend of mine, Kevin Burnell works for a, uh, the vet center and they do a lot of outreach programs to veterans and stuff like that. They'll talk to you and help you through and offer you counseling and so forth. But, uh, between, you know, that individuals and the 22 kills and, you know, my peers from when I first joined the military as a young kid, they made a very big impact. And um, I'm sure that, you know, you being uh, a Marine, uh, you feel a sense of duty to uh, continue a legacy of supporting and standing beside yeah, fellow man. and fallen brothers. Absolutely. I just and just want to take care of my it's own. It's more of a it's more of a drive, right? It's more of a drive. Um, <clears throat> and when you go to the uh, the healing wall, um, it's very good because you get to hear a lot of the families' stories of their fallen, you know, sons, and you hear um, stories from the uh, actual some of the soldiers that were actually there. Uh, I performed overnight guard duties on the wall when it was down in Wareham, Mass. And some of the stories and things that you hear, it's it's very emotional. Um, I don't know if you've lost friends and comrades in combat, but hearing those stories. I lost friends in peacetime, which, which in some ways I was told made it worse. Um, yes. But and, and and they were all preventable. That was the other thing. But I, I think I think for me, uh, I want to go down there and check it out tomorrow with uh, Richard Fitz Jr. because I started looking at the Wall website and there's actual people with my last name who died in Vietnam, and I don't have a common last name, so I, I kind of want to connect, if you will. And, and I just, I think it's important, like you said, that this memory doesn't die. Right. And that's what this wall is. You know, it's all of uh, remembrance. And then when you go there, uh, the volunteers there, uh, you, you walk into a, uh, a tent area and you tell the person behind the desk the name of the persons that you're looking for and they will give you the actual panel whether it's the and what side of the wall it's on what row and how many names in the row you will find your uh your friend's name so it would be it's, it's very easy to uh find that special person on that wall if you're looking for him well, I, I definitely want to take my, my children there and, and kind of have that moment with them and, and show them what's going on. Now, you, you were, if I understand, you had something else that you were doing that you were involved with this whole thing. Did you, were you involved in some other way? Uh, yes. Uh, on the 25th, 
we did an escort. Uh, we uh, met up with the wall, which is in a uh, tractor trailer. And uh, there was 145 riders, motorcycle riders, uh, escorted the wall from Canton, Mass., all the way to Weymouth uh, Air Station over there at Union Point. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. where the wall is resting. And uh, we escorted it through uh, uh, Canton, Holbrook, Rockland, and uh, Weymouth. Man, what was and that it like? Was during, uh, it was very hot, warming, uh, people standing on the side of the road, waving flags, um, Every time we went through a town by a firefighter station or they would set up their fire trucks, all the firemen would stand at attention and salute as the vehicle went by them. Um, Weymouth itself, God knows they've been through so much the past week, we're all standing in a uh, circle and actually blocking traffic us, waving flags. It was more of a parade scenario which was uh, very heartwarming and emotional while, while riding, you know, just to see that out, people coming out just to see the truck go by, not just the uh, wall itself, you know. And, and, and so you ride a motorcycle? Uh, yes. Um, yes. Uh, a lot of us, uh, you know, uh, motorcycle community, really stand behind and support veteran organizations in ways to remember. Um, and uh, that was also helpful in me getting involved with these uh, supporting events, the Wounded Warrior Projects out of Boston, big motorcycle run there. Um, I do that every year. Um, I do uh, the Blackbeard Run out of uh, Buzzers Bay. Okay. Um I've done uh, Monty's Run, who's another Congressional Medal of Honor recipient out of uh, Taunton. So being in the motorcycle community, getting involved in that also helps uh, finding and helping veterans. Well, I mean, I, I ride and I find that when I meet up with like the Patriot Guard riders or one of those kind of rides you're talking about, that there is a real... It's that camaraderie that you don't get a lot of times in civilian life, that brotherhood. It right? is the missing brotherhood, exactly. It's the missing brotherhood that uh, we desire in our lives as, you know, retired military. Um, you know, you, that's one thing you miss is that commodity and brotherhood. Um, I'm also a patriot rider, and uh, being able to stand there with a wall of flags or a fallen veteran is another proud moment for me to ensure that this uh, soldier gets a proper burial with honors. Uh, I've done a few of them down here at Otis Air Force Base. And uh, one story that really uh, stuck with me is there was a homeless veteran out of Brockton that passed. I'm not sure if he was a Brockton resident or not, but uh, he had no family. There was nobody there at his funeral. So the Patriot Riders had uh, caught wind of this because that's 
the uh, organization gets contacted by Otis or any of the other national cemeteries. And we escorted that veteran from Brockton to Otis and gave him the honors of a full honors uh, burial. And uh, he had nobody, you know, and that was... That was one of the most heartfelt ones I think I've ever been on. We called them missions. Right, right, and, right. Called uh, missions. Right. And uh, that was the most heartfelt one I think I was ever part of uh, because this soldier had no family. Well, well I, don't, I don't know about you, um, but when I've done a couple and the, f the family members come up to us and tell us how appreciative mm -hmm. there are, and I realize that it's, it's not fake. It's not because they have to. That, because uh, I always wonder, I mean, what's, what's a dude on a motorcycle going to do to really help a family out? But as one uh, brother told me, his brother had passed, is uh, I know my, my brother was not forgotten. And, exactly. And, and we don't know who they are. I mean, a lot of us don't know who passed or personally. Sometimes it gets real personal, but sometimes, a lot of times, it's just, this person passed, they served in the Korean War, can you come out? And it, 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 There's something very personal and real about that. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, I do. It feels uh, almost like a, it's an honor, not so much as a duty, to uh, be able to do that for that soldier and family of that soldier to uh, show how much that we appreciate what he's done. Um, and the, you're, you're absolutely right about the families uh, walking up and thanking us. Uh, I have uh, not gone to one where I have not shaken or hugged family members. Uh, shaken. And it's, uh, it's a very proud thing to do, you know. Uh, and the good thing is, is that you do not have to be a veteran to be part of this organization. Well, that's right. You're right. Yes. Uh, so, uh, you know, if there's people out there that want to be part of this, um, they're more than welcome to join and be able to honor veterans that have passed. And it just takes a little bit of time to, uh, you know, go down to, you know, local national cemeteries and just perform a, uh, a duty, you know, uh, just to oh. honor that person. When we're on our motorcycles, we get to you know meet and greet before we do the mission. We do mm -hmm. the mission, and, and, and really, I've made a couple of really good friends from doing these. People from completely different walks of life, different different motorcycle, different different setup altogether. But you know, you're 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 together for that time. It's it's it's. I agree with you. It's really a it's a proud moment in in, in a way. And um. You, you take the wall from Canton to Weymouth. I mean, what was it like pulling up into the Weymouth spot and having the truck park? And how did that feel when you when you saw it arrive at its destination and, and your part was done? Very uh, fulfilling. Um, it was. It's been escorted since its last destination, and uh, you know, pulling up there and. Uh, seeing all the volunteers that were present to assemble the wall and uh, the person that actually ran this particular 
wall. There are multiple walls. <clears throat> and uh, this particular person uh, had us all line up in front of the tractor trailer with the uh, mural on the back, uh, on the side of the trailer of the wall, the healing wall, and uh, took our pictures and then uh, gave us an honorary escort pins for uh, escorting the wall safely to its destination. It was uh, very uh, emotional, you know, uh, seeing a lot of people along the road, not so, and also at the actual spot where the wall will be assembled. This legacy, this monument is going to be at the is at the Union Point. That's the way Naval. That's the Weymouth Naval Air Station, right? Correct. So, this this legacy, this moment, this monument will be there at at Weymouth. You can drive right up and see it. Uh, it's kind of twisty and turning through there. You just drive in until you find it. Will they have signs? Do you th yes, it's all uh, pretty much mapped out. If you go in, uh, I don't remember the actual name. Of, I think it's Pilgrim Highway or uh, something similar to that. Um, but when you go into uh, Union Place, you'll see uh, there'll be definitely signs up there. There's rows of flags down the... Um, road itself and then when you pull on the airfield it'll all be directed on where you can go and park next to the wall and uh well not next to it but in the parking area the wall will be in the center of a field and um it's open 24 hours a day uh from from tomorrow till sunday and throughout that week they'll be doing ceremonies like gold star ceremonies um, they'll be doing, uh, medal of honor announcements and all through the nights and days, they'll be, they'll be naming the names on the wall through a, through a speaker. So all 53,000 names will be announced through a speaker. So Dennis, this is something that I should really, I'm, I'm planting in my children, but if you, if you have kids that, that learned about the Vietnam War in school and never really, the most they've know about the Vietnam War, uh, my, my kids for the longest time was that movie Full Metal Jacket, you know, you know dad, you're a Marine, so let's watch this movie, but there was so much more to it than that. This, you're saying this is something that I should really go to with my kids and people should take their children to go see. Um, absolutely. It's a, it's a piece of history. Uh, it, it, you know, everybody hears and would love to go see the wall in Washington, DC. Um, and a lot of people cannot go there for whatever reasons they have can actually go to this one and to bring the children in there. They have, um, pictures and you know all the all the gear that the soldiers wore and some of the stories that are written there it's like walking through a museum um of all vietnam era and listening to some of the stories that your children will hear and see and emotions and 
and and uh, to be honest with you, I feel like the chills and you know the hair standing up on the back of your neck every time I see it and be part of it. Uh, you can just, as they say, the reflection in the mirrors that you, in in the mirror finish that you see when you go up to that wall is is priceless. So again, this is going to be this is going to be at the uh, Union Point, the South Weymouth. You know what was the South Weymouth Naval Air Station uh, tomorrow, uh, uh, July twenty sixth through Sunday, July twenty ninth. Yes, twenty four hours, hours a day. Twenty four hours a day. Yeah. Is, yeah. is and 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 you you started doing these kind of things to you know kind of find your your path in life after the military service. And you got with some good people, and you found these things, and and you got to, you know, meet other veterans, meet other military people, and keep that that feeling of service connection going, right? And brotherhood, yes. Exactly. Oh, brotherhood, yeah, the most important thing. Although, mm-hmm. I have to ask, just to end on a lighter note. I mean, so what did you get out as in the army? Were you like a master sergeant or sergeant major, sergeant first? Class? Uh, I. Uh, Staff sergeant. Okay. Um, I was a mobile. I was a mobile team chief. So, well, still then, okay. So, staff sergeant, we're we're close enough. I mean, you 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 got to uh, well, let's for lack of a better term, sometimes babysit us E ones through E fours, right? And I'm sure there were times where you're like, this is this is not what I signed up for. Isn't it amazing how we can just get into trouble anywhere? <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. Uh, it's uh, it was an interesting time, uh, but also, but also, you know, being a part of developing future leaders. Um, that's the way I looked at it. Was um, I wasn't so much uh, training them as a mission, or you know, being good at the jobs that they were or had, I was training future leaders, someone to take my position when I left, knowing that uh, I would be leaving someone in charge that's competent and willing to, you know, go the extra mile for their soldiers underneath them. So uh, that's what uh, changed my drive. That's how I was uh, trained through, again, by uh, Vietnam veterans that chose to train drill sergeants they were and trained us and they said listen we're not training soldiers we're training future leaders very interesting uh, and that really stuck with me as far as um and i even took that into when i coached pop one of football was you know i was teaching football players how to play the game and understand the game but in reality I was training future coaches is the way I looked at it. So, so leaders truly are, are made and not born. You, you gotta, you gotta learn how to lead and you gotta have somebody willing to show them how to lead and make those mistakes and learn from them and then tell them what they're doing well. Exactly. I mean, some people uh, will have that drive towards that. I mean, you know, we all can't be leaders um, and it's, up to us as leaders to not so much uh, filter through, but uh, 
you kind of know who your uh, go-to guys and dedication guys are. And, uh, you know, you try to train everyone the same, but, uh, you know, some people get it and some people just don't, you know, it's just the way life is, but, uh, everyone gets treated the same and trained the same. Would you say so, that was one of your, your, your favorite parts of, of being in the army was getting to, to coach someone on that level more than just give orders? Yes. And, okay. Yes. Uh, you know, I wasn't the type of guy that would not do what I, what I was ordering other soldiers to do. I would be right in there with them, um, standing side by side as, uh, brothers and sisters do, uh, it is a family and, uh, that's what I, you know, there are leaderships, there are what we call fathers and mothers, but, uh, you know, we are all family when it comes to the, uh, true roots of it. Absolutely. And, um, to be able to, to be able to stand next to somebody knowing that they have your six, it's, uh, the best way to go through life, you know? Absolutely, absolutely, and, and and look, um, you know, just want to put out there, I I do ride and would love to go ride with you sometime, or if we meet up on a P PGR ride, uh, let's certainly do it. Um, any any of them, or even just us going out and being able to ride side by side like brothers and enjoying what we've fought for as far as riding and enjoying this country. Absolutely. So absolutely. Well, I just it would be my honor to ride with you. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely, and I just want to thank you for your part in in, in putting this together. Um, you know, learn more from talking to you just now. Looking forward to seeing if I can find my family names, and looking forward to seeing uh, how my children uh, respond to this. So I just want to say, you know, thank you for you know serving. Thank you for your service. I'm glad you're on a, a good path, and certainly uh, there's a lot to learn from your experiences. Uh, yes, and I thank you for uh, taking time out of your schedule and putting this out there because a lot of people don't know about this and don't know the true meaning of it. And uh, by you taking your time to put it out there is uh, very emotional even to me right now. You know, somebody that cares enough to take time out of their busy life to make this happen well this, this is what oscar mike radio is all about it's about you know giving uh, a voice to people like yourself who do these things and these kinds of events that we cannot forget about we we absolutely cannot and and so if somebody hears about this and goes or has a reaction to it uh, from going that sticks with them then then this was just worth it and and i get to meet somebody else who uh, I can and call a brother and, and hopefully a friend soon. So all worth it. All Absolutely. Worth it. Well, folks, um, that is the uh, Vietnam Veterans uh, Memorial Fund. It has the wall that heals at the, again, at the uh, Union Point in South Weymouth, Massachusetts, formerly this, the uh, South Weymouth Naval Air Station. And, and as uh, Mr. Donahue said, it is open 24 hours a day starting tomorrow and uh, I would highly advise going to go see it. And, and thanks again for being on, Dennis. We hope to have you back on soon. I will look forward to it, sir. All right. Well, this is Oscar Mike Radio, and we are out. Thank you very much.